I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I'm glad you're back for season two, where we have more career stories. Every week, two members interview each other, so you'll get to hear two different stories. I hope you'll learn from these stories, listen to them, share them, and join us and tell your own story. Hi there, this is CoLab member Alexis Steiner, she, her, and I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with Gabriella Ainsley, she, her, uh, today about her career path and her story. She's currently living in Austin, Texas, and is the COO of Miranda Bennett Studio, an ethical and sustainable fashion brand. Gabriella, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, I've been looking forward to this. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I'm so glad to be chatting with you. I would uh, I'd love to start at the very beginning. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? Tell me all about yourself. All right. Um, I grew up in Austin, Texas. Um, I it's funny. My neither of my parents are from Austin. My mom grew up in the Midwest, but her family is like um, Italian-American, and my dad's from Mexico. So we had – so I grew up in Austin, but we spent a lot of time in Mexico um, as a kid and um, spoke Spanish at home with my dad, English at home with my mom. So those were kind of some big cultural influences in my upbringing and and my sense of self, really. Um, So I feel like there's like some – like I'm a Texan and half Mexican and, you know – of Italian descent. Um, but those are kind of some things that I feel like influence kind of where, where I've ended up in some ways. So, um, and my husband's from Puerto Rico, so we actually still do our, our primary language at home is Spanish. Um, so I grew up here. I went to college in DC at, uh, George Washington university where I studied literature. Um, and I guess I realized somewhere along the way that I was really more interested in fashion. Um, so finding, I was trying to find ways to kind of create connections between what I was studying and this real interest I had in, in fashion that I couldn't really explore um, at GW. There, there weren't any programs that kind of, um, that, that, that were adjacent to that. Um, so I ended up writing my senior thesis on um, Elsa Schiaparelli as if she were an author rather than a fashion designer. Um, and then after college, I, I did a couple of internships that I think really kind of like set me on the course towards retail and, and fashion. Um, I, while I was in college, I was interning at Christie's auction house um, and that led to an internship at Carrie Taylor Auctions in London, which is an auction house that specializes in vintage and couture um, fashion. So it was just like the most incredible, um, you know, Balenciaga pieces and these these you know just historical pieces of fashion. But then right alongside. Um, you know, 1990s Gucci and like, oh God, it was just amazing to to go through the lots for sale there. Um, 
And, and after that, I, I also interned in Italy at um, a showroom during fashion week. So I kind of got to see up close and personally what, what was really going on um, in that industry, which I hadn't had any exposure to. Um, you know, I think growing up in Austin in particular, the world of fashion and designers felt really, really far away. So um, that was a real education for me. And um, there was an opening at um, Christie's in New York in the jewelry department. And so I, I came back after those two internships from Europe and uh, got to move to New York and begin working in Christie's. Wow. First of all, I think I want to read your thesis. It sounds so creative and incredible. And I, I'm. How did you decide to make that jump from a literature student in Washington to I want to go to New York and pursue a career in in fashion? The well, I really, that? you know, I really kind of got the bug when I was in that internship in Italy. Um, and it was funny, I think having, um, I think there was part of me that the move from Christie's to the, to the internship that was still at an auction house, but with these incredible, um, vintage fashion component to it felt kind of comfortable. But then, man, when I was in that showroom, it just was clear to me, there was so much to learn. There was so much I didn't know. And I wanted to try and get back to that. And, um, the kind of the relationship between designer and, and buyer and wholesale and retail was really appealing to me. I really wanted to dig in and learn more. That's super interesting. And then from, from that role at Christie's, how, how did you get to where you are today with Miranda Bennett? Like what was, what was the path? What did that look like? So, yeah, that's a good question. And I mean, I think that like one thing that I've really enjoyed about listening to these collab stories is that it, it feels like we're in good company and that a lot of people had kind of some unexpected twists and turns to their career journey. So I, I think I'm, you know, count me among those, um, those collab members, but I, I was at Christie's and then really was trying to trying I had an interest in buying and I I wasn't sure quite how to get my foot in the door um and I knew that some of what I was doing at Christie's related to buying but it wasn't a direct connection you know um so we were doing selection for sales um working with with people who had you know jewelry, maybe they'd inherited, maybe they were just ready to sell it and kind of assessing what sale it, it should be in and, you know, the price point, but it was a different formula from traditional retail. So there was a job opening posted at, um, ABC carpet and home, um, for an assistant buyer position. And I just knew that I really wanted that job. So I went in, I'm sure I went in pretty hard for that interview, but I ended up getting it. And it was like, such an incredible place to work, just amazing and really supportive, um, mostly female team. And I, I was under two folks who had worked at, um, at Urban Outfitters. So they really had this mastery of retail and of 
all the math behind it and also of understanding your customer. And there's still things that I learned under um, my lead buyer um, that I still think about today, you know, how to, how to really take a concept and think about making it right for the customer you're speaking to. And it's also where I learned about sustainability in business for the first time. We had an initiative at that point, I believe it was to work up to having 95% of our merchandise be either sustainably, um, ethically made, um, or, or from a mission-based um, artisan within the next few years. So it was, I was really learning about things that are made by hand and what goes into production that is harmful for the environment and how to kind of help educate some of our vendors on that. So, you know, in the hopes that they would begin producing things in a way that would work for this new, um, these new marching orders we had for, for our merchandise. Um, so I, that job was just incredible. Um, and kind of set me on this course to be interested in sustainability and to really feel it kind of like in the core of my being and want to make sure that that was a big part of what I did going on, um, going on forward in, in my working life. Um, and I moved from there to a job, um, in Philadelphia at the Urban Outfitters or URBN headquarters. But, um, I was working for a company called Terrain, which, um, was then in its infancy. It was the, it had just opened, it was a startup. Um, and I joined up as an assistant buyer in the hard goods category. So it's a, as a concept, the, the, it's kind of evolved over the years and now it's sort of subsumed within anthropology, but, um, so it's a garden center is essentially what we were, um, what we were working on. Um, but one that there were home furnishings, there were live plant goods. There was just a lot of different, there was a cafe. It was really, just a really beautiful concept. And, um, I really enjoyed that a lot. And it was felt, I've said this in the past, like working for URBN is a little bit like, um, retail grad school, you know, (laughs) you're kind of deep in these spreadsheets and thinking about margins and all these things in a way that are just like really, really it's, it's hard work. Um, but I, those, that was a really, important time, I think, in my development um, as a merchant and and a, and a buyer. Um, so from there, I moved back to Austin and I um, kind of, I had a couple jobs that were, that were in this world, but kind of most significantly, um, I started working for Bunkhouse Hotels and really developed their retail program. Bunkhouse is like a really cool boutique hotel group that's um, started here in Austin. And it really kind of, um, you can feel the heartbeat of the city by going into their properties. They're really, each of them is really unique and um, kind of speaks to a different guest. Um, They've got one property that's in Marfa, Texas, which is where I spent a lot of my time while I was working there, um, which was like, if anybody is interested in going to Marfa, Let's talk. It is the best. Um, okay, I have just a quick question. Is that where that Prada standalone store, like the photo you got it. Prada store is? That's yeah. Marfa, right? <laughs> yeah. It's outside. It's like 17 miles outside of Marfa. Um, 
but yeah, it's a, it's a long haul to get out there. Um, but it is, it's just an incredible little enclave. Um, so there's a hotel there called El Cosmico, um, which is, you know, like you can, it's mostly, um, airstreams and some tents and teepees and yurts and things like that. So it's a really fun place to stay and has a really specific voice. Um, so what I was tasked with really was developing, um, there was existing retail at some of the properties and it was really creating a more well-rounded retail offering and then also bringing systems to each of those unique stores um, and creating like an operations framework for them and budgets and things like that. So it was, it was great because they're like, I think at that point there were five, there are more now at that point, I think there were five properties. So it was, it was really like five different stores. Um, each had different customers coming and going, each had a different, um, aesthetic angle. Um, and it was, it was, yeah, a great, a lot of travel that year, a lot of fun. Um, and after that, I moved to a store in Austin called By George, where I was the retail director. By George is like a um, decades old. I think they've been around for 40 years now. Um, independent retailer, uh, high-end fashion, but also they have two locations. One is really designer fashion and the other is um, like upper contemporary. And most of my time was spent working on the upper contemporary store and kind of helping with a little bit of an, uh, giving it a little bit of a facelift, both, um, from their designer, the perspective of their designer matrix and adding in new categories to their offerings. But also we did a, a total remodel of the space. So it was a, it was a new, um, a new venture in a lot of ways for me. And it was finally a return to fashion, um, which was, you know, really welcome change. Um, and after that, I began some kind of consulting work, mostly in merchandise assortment planning, um, and then spent a number of years in-house with one of those clients. I moved full-time with, um, with a company I'd consulted with, a store called Sunroom here in Austin. Um, and that was, that was, a a lot of merchandising and selecting, selecting designers to work with. Um, it was fun to finally kind of get to apply some of that interest in sustainable fashion to, to work in a more direct way. Um, bringing those designers into, to Sunroom and, and working more closely with them. And, then from there, I, I moved about a year and a half ago now. I moved to Miranda Bennett, where I'm the COO. Um, and it's a really, really exciting place to be. Where Miranda began the company about eight years ago. And so she's really, it's from its founding, from its inception, it's always been based around creating designs with zero waste patterns. Um, working only with plant-based dyes. We, we have agricultural initiatives, so we're growing a lot of our plants and then also dying with them. Um, we have, there's a lot that goes into the work that we do and it's, um, it's something I'm really, really proud of. And I feel like we're getting better and better at it and learning. It's, it's interesting. I mean, Alexa, I know you've mentioned there's a sort of endless cycle of learning when it comes to sustainability. And I feel really privileged to be in a position to keep 
learning and growing and um, evolving as we need to, to keep the company doing better and better work. Yeah. That is so interesting to me that the work that you're doing at Miranda Bennett, I, I recently, uh, on TikTok, learned about <laughs> tie-dyeing with turmeric. So I'm I'm so curious about the the innovation that, that you guys are working on and 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 how what is guiding that um that kind of learning in-house right now. And yeah, I would love to hear just a little bit more about that. Sure. Well um I guess we've you know we've all been, you know, the word pivot, how many times have we used it in 2020? But I think everybody's kind of been in these new challenges and these new spaces trying to come up with answers to questions none of us have had to ask ourselves before. Um, And at my job, uh, our current kind of conversation has really been about production. We we had for a long time wanted to bring our sewing in-house. Our dyeing is in-house. Our We cut all of our fabrics in-house, but we were outsourcing sewing. And um, it's funny, the silver linings that COVID brings. You know, we, yeah. <laughs> we had, we'd wanted to explore that for a long time. And finally, um, COVID kind of forced our hand. And so we're now, we've hired full-time seamstresses and we're, we're managing that new sort of branch of the team. And, um, it's a really difficult way to make things, you know, but I think it really works for us. It's incredible to be able to see, um, you know, our production timelines have shifted. They're only two weeks now. So if we'd like to see something, um, if we'd like to, you know, show something new to our customers, it's really a matter of, being on the floor in two weeks. Um, we can, we're much more agile. Um, but at the same time, you know, we're, we're ordering new equipment and there's been a lot of learning that's gone into that. Um, I think we've also gotten to explore new categories of merchandise. Um, from my perspective, which is operations and finance, it's been a real challenge and learning experience to tighten up costs in a moment where I just couldn't figure out what on our, what on our PNL could go, you know? So there's, there's been some like real, um, creative accounting. And I mean that in a really positive way. I feel like we're kind of, um, we're constantly finding new ways to, to sharpen up costs and to do more with less. Um, and you know, it's a company with, a mission at at the root of each of our decisions and each of our changes, and it's a real pleasure to get to um, to kind of amplify that that goal of sustainability and true ethical um, fashion with with all of the changes that we make. And um, you know, it's an incredible team that I get to work work with on that um, on that process every day. It's really really gratifying work. Um, and it's, I feel really fortunate to kind of be able to really truly marry both my love of fashion and the retail industry with um, sustainability. It's it's not something that everybody gets to enjoy, and I feel super lucky. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, it sounds like you guys have really embraced the challenges that this year has brought and turned it into opportunity, which um, I think is really commendable. Um 
I am so curious at, at listening to you talk about your path. It sounds like you have, you know, it, it's very clear that you're a creative person. And then also you have this business mind and, and understand operations. And I'm, I'm curious how you've married those two throughout your career, how you've made, you know, strategic decisions or decisions um, based on the fact that you you very clearly are a creative, but also um, have this other skill set as well. Wow, that is a really good question. Um, I think that that's actually been a real challenge for me. And I, I mean, if I'm being really honest, I think some of that has been rooted in some self-doubt and insecurity, which I think is not uncommon for um for anyone, but I think particularly for women, um, to yeah, imposter to syndrome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real. So, yeah, it is. And it's funny. I think I was under this impression that, I mean, who knows, this was probably baked in, in middle school or high school or something, but that I wasn't, um, I didn't have a lot of confidence in my math and kind of business analysis skill set. Um, so I think that for a lot of the early years of my career, it felt kind of like cooler and sexier to be in the merchandise selection world and thinking about like, oh, what beautiful things can I introduce people to and um, really, really kind of leaning on that. But but I, I do think in some ways it was a crutch because what I really enjoy the most is the analytic side. Um, I love the metrics and measuring growth and finding um, finding ways to kind of propel that forward. Um, and I am truly my happiest when I'm in front of a spreadsheet, um, which I I didn't even give myself the chance to to explore that until I was really into my thirties. It's um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about. Um, but I'm so happy that, that that's the way that I get to spend my days and that I, I feel like I'm really working in service to a super creative, um, and really somebody with a lot of vision. And so I get to kind of be the backbone of the business, um, that supports our, our bottom line and our operations and, and make sure that our finances are tight. Um, it's, the partnership that I have at work currently feels like a really great um, balance for me. That's amazing. And I think what you just said is so important. And I wish I could have heard those words, you know, 15 years ago when I also was, you know, very much doubting the cer certain skills that I felt like I didn't, I wasn't capable of. I think a lot of, um, again, often women um, doubt certain certain aspects of what we're capable of. And in hearing you say that there is a place for someone with that type of skill set and that type of brain in the world of fashion, I think will open up a lot of eyes and minds um, to potential because um, it's not necessarily the first thing that you think of when you think of the fashion industry. So um, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening will also appreciate that. Um, I would love to know what is, what is next for you? What's, what's on the docket? Ooh, 
Um, well, I'm really excited for 2021. I, we're just on the cusp of, of the new year as we're recording this. Um, and I'm excited to push Miranda Bennett studio further and, um, take us really to the next level. Um, I, I think that, so that's, that's in the kind of short term, I suppose. But, um, when you say what's next, I guess I'm start thinking about like my purpose professionally. And I think when I'm thinking broader, when I'm thinking about kind of the greater, the greater purpose that I hope to accomplish um, in my working world. I, I really care about creating profitable, sustainable business models. Um, so I hope that the future sees me continuing to work with companies in that space, um, building businesses that are, that are taking care of themselves and a sustainable way, both from a financial perspective, as well as from a, um, ethical and environmentally sound perspective. That, I mean, we need more people like you in the world doing that type of work. So I, uh, I have two final questions for you. Number one, will you be a collaborator for Root Collaborative? Oh, cannot wait. <laughs> um, Sign me up. And two, do you still have a copy of your thesis? Because I really want to read that. <laughs> oh, girl, let me let me get the old, the, the generation one iMac out from my mom's house. I'll find it for you. <laughs> was, it, was it one of the colored ones? The like yes, it was like clamshell. Yes, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much Gabriella it was such a pleasure chatting with you and and I can't wait to see what's next and and see what happens for you in well, 2021 thank you uh, the pleasure is mine Alexa and yeah really excited to keep in touch with you and um keep hearing all the all the good work that you're doing ditto thank you so much Thanks for listening to the CoLab Career Stories. Follow us on social media at Join the CoLab and join us so you can tell your story.